Good morning. I have the privilege of uh, reading the scripture this morning. And uh, Pastor Johnny's message comes to us from the wisdom literature of Proverbs, chapter 4. And I'll be reading verses 1 through 13, and then verses 20 through 27. And so hear and receive God's word this morning. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I will instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. And then down to verse, verses 20 through 27. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left, keep your foot from evil. Amen. We are starting a series, come next week, on our own values. And what that is going to talk about and highlight is, what are those personal values that we hold true? What are those values that our church holds true? Because we're going to be diving into those values um, in the next couple months. So for January and February is where we're going to go. And one of the verses, and Sean, yes, it's one of my favorite, but Proverbs 4.23 is Solomon sharing with his kids that they are to guard their hearts above all else. This is above all else. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. 
He's talking about the very fact that the, the very core of who we are, the center of our being is so vitally important. And it's important as an individual. It's important as a couple. It's important as a family. It's important as a business and as a church, any organization. But the very core of who you are, you have to pay very close attention to who you are and who you are becoming because of the influence that it has on what you are doing. And so I've been quoting this as we've been talking about the lead up to this series about our core values individually as well as a church. And, and as I began to take a look at the context of Proverbs chapter four, I thought, man, this, this is a great uh, text to use today. Uh, today is actually uh, Saturday, New Year's Day. Uh, when you hear this and see this, it'll be uh, the second. It'll be January 2nd. And a lot of times people in the lead up to uh, a brand new month, this brand new year, a lot of times we're thinking of, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions. And because Michelle's uh, schedule has changed. She's no longer working nights, praise God. She's working days, but now we're not working out at our uh, the, our original gym where we were going in this past year, F45, because of her change in work schedule. And so we started going to an, another gym that's close to us and they were telling us, okay, just want to warn you that this place is going to get crazy busy in January and February, but by mid-February, about, you know, February 15th, uh, it's going to start to die back down again and get back to normal. And why, why is that? Well, I, I think we, we try, you know, and, and this is natural, I think for any of us, and it could be like, I, in all honesty, I really haven't been in the practice of developing a New Year's resolution. Uh, there are people that that talk about um, wanting one word to kind of um, kind of feed into what that year is going to be all about, whether it's gratitude or passion or you know um, that kind of thing. Uh, but but there are some of us that do think in terms of New Year's resolutions, and uh, I guess I have tended in the past number of years just to you know over the course of my own life and the, and the, the, the different months that, you know, it's like the new month comes around a new month resolution, maybe. Um, but as we think about those goals, or maybe even it's just things that we would like to accomplish in this year, it, it may be health related. It could be uh, financial, you know, financial finances related. It could be related to a relationship. Maybe it's like, you know what? I really want to see, you know, my relationship with my spouse go deeper in this next year. I'd love for us to get closer. So you've got some goals as it relates to that. Could be some goals as it relates to your relationships with your kids or maybe kids with your parents, whatever it might be. But no matter what it is, I, I think there are some things that can, that can happen. And the reason why we end up, uh, not continuing through February, it's because we get so um, oriented around results. We don't see the results that we want to get. And so we stop keeping the commitments that we wanted to keep. There was a book that I got turned on to earlier in this year, and it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And just by way of introduction, there's something that he was talking about right out of the beginning of this book that really feeds into this whole idea of the, the goals that we want to have for a new year. Uh, maybe it's just some new habits that we want to take on, whatever it might be. But um, 
I, as I began to read this for myself, I felt like I was going at it a little bit more deeper than I used to. But he was talking about the, um, there was, um, the British cycling program changed drastically in the early 2000s. And they were really at the bottom uh, of the barrel in terms of performance in uh, worldwide cycling. Uh, it was until they hired on this new coach where what he began to do was make small changes to their program on a week by week basis. It wasn't like he was making grand changes uh, in their program, but that as they began to make small changes on a daily basis, they began to see the trajectory of their performance change. I mean, they were then winning races that they weren't even competitive in. And so, you know, James Clear is talking about the fact that, you know, when you make these small improvements, they accumulate into remarkable results. But what what can happen with us is that when we think, okay, I want to do, you know, I mean, fill in the blank. You, you want to accomplish something or you want to have a certain goal that a lot of times when you don't see the results that you want to get, especially if you've been doing something on a day by day basis, you can start to feel like you're not getting anywhere and you end up quitting. And so I love this quote. It says, you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than your current results. So, you know, having a way of uh, noticing, taking notice of whether or not you are making uh, any kind of improvement in your life. Um, it, it, it's just really key. But they, but he was talking about the fact that when we, when we become goal oriented, which I, it could be that it's, you know, it's a, a certain personality that's really goal oriented and driven and that kind of thing. But I think all of us have certain goals in our lives but the thing is, is that clear, it, James Clear was saying there are problems with being goal oriented. One, winners and losers have the same goals. I mean, you know, just last night I'm watching my team and both teams want to win the game, but only one team gets to win the game. The second problem is that achieving a goal is only a momentary change. So you achieve a goal and then what's next, you know? Uh, but then the, the third goal, and this is something that I was, really trying to instill in our cross-country team at North Central High School. The, the problem sometimes with being so goal-oriented, goal-centered, is that goals restrict your happiness. And I love what he said. He said that when you fall in love with the process rather than the product, you don't have to wait to give yourself permission to be happy. So, you know, you might have a goal in mind of what you would like to see this, you know, what you would like to accomplish in this year. But He's encouraging us to make a commitment to the process and not to the results or the goal that you're making these incremental small changes and enjoying the process. Um, and then the other thing is he said that uh, there's a fourth problem to being goal oriented is that goals are at odds with long term progress. He says a goal oriented mindset can create a yo-yo effect. And this is this is what's key for this time right now for people who are wanting to have a New Year's resolution. He said many runners work hard for months, but as soon as they cross the finish line, they stop training. The race is no longer there to motivate them. When all of your hard work is focused on a particular goal, 
what is left to push you forward after you achieve it. This is why so many people find themselves reverting to their old habits after accomplishing a goal. The purpose of setting goals is to win the game. The purpose of building systems is to continue playing the game, he said. True long-term thinking is goal-less thinking. So it's not so much in terms of having a goal. It's the commitments that you're going to keep on a daily basis. So he said, ultimately, it's your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. Let me repeat that. It's your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. So when King Solomon is training his boys about what is what ought to be important in their lives, he begins to talk to them about their lifestyle, about the the span of their life and and the quality of their life, not just the length of their days. I, I remember uh, reading something about, you know, that we need to be more um, focused on the quality of our days than the number of our days. Um, but so King Solomon, he um, he was telling his sons, he said, listen, so this is uh, starting off right in, and this is something that Kenton just read, uh, but Proverbs chapter four, verses three through four says, for I too was a son of my father. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands and you will live. So sometimes, so whether or not you're going to, you're going to make and keep a new year's resolution. What I want to do is encourage you through this text to, to do something maybe on a deeper level. And that's just for you to think about what you've been taught, what's been passed on to you. So King Solomon is talking about how his dad, King David, had passed on his wisdom to him. And in fact, the first number of verses of this proverb look to be a direct quote from David himself as Solomon is sharing this with his kids. But he talks about the fact that his dad taught him. What did your dad teach you? What did your mom try to instill in you? Uh, maybe you've got an aunt and uncle or, or grandparents that were really important in your life as well. It's quite possible that you've got a spiritual mentor or someone who is a, a coach that you had, a teacher that you had. But they, these were people that, that taught you something about life. So whether or not you decide that in 2022, you're going to have a New Year's resolution, could you make a new life resolution? And could you think about it in context of what people taught you over the years. In fact, I would encourage you at some point in this next week to maybe list out those things that your mom or dad tried to instill in you. Uh, maybe it's what your grandparents tried to instill in you. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, you're a teacher, a coach, whatever it might be. But then not just think about the, the, the values that you now hold because of someone's influence in your life. But what did you learn in 2021 that you either want to improve on or you want to continue to do in this next year? So think about those influences in your life, the people that have influenced you, the events that influenced you. And maybe it's the experiences that you went through in this next year that influenced you that, that might give you a clue as to a direction that you want to take this next year. And I love what Solomon said. He said, listen, um, you know, this is again, David speaking to him, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands and you will live. So yes, I mean, I think David is talking about physical life, but I think there's so much more to that than just living physically, because I know a lot of people who are alive physically that really aren't alive mentally and emotionally. 
Uh, in fact, there have been people in, you know, and it's not just in ministry where I'll run into someone or um, maybe it's, you know, uh, I'm out in the grocery store or, um, you know, visiting with somebody or the different uh, careers that I've had over my life where I just sense that there are some people that are alive and they want to be alive for as long as they live. And there are other people where they're just existing. And I want to encourage you to do to um, to do more than just exist. I want you to really fully live into the life that God has created for you. So think about those values, those, what he says, those commands, those words. What's, what's been really important to you? What's, what's really shaped you over your lifetime that you want to carry on into 22? Or could it be that there are values that have shaped you or commitments that you've had in years past that you need to revive in this next year because maybe you've let those habits slide? In fact, there's a, um, in terms of habits, Michelle and I, we would take couples through this book called The Most Important Year in a Man's Life. You flip it over and it's the most important year in a woman's life. And it comes out of this really small passage out of Deuteronomy that talked about the fact that, and this is Moses writing here, he's telling them that, he says, listen, uh, young men who have just gotten married, I don't want you to go off to war. I, I want you to stay home. And for a full year, you learn what it means to bring joy to the wife that, that you just married. And so, the the whole idea behind the the uh, the author's thesis is that 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 first year it's really important to establish those habits. Well, are those are there habits that you had earlier on in your life that you're no longer doing now, but that you think that you ought to continue, you ought to revive again? So again, think about the people, the influences, even the experiences that you've had in this past year. And is there something that God is wanting you to carry on into this next year as a result of that? King Solomon would continue in verse seven. He says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. It's interesting that when there's a cost associated with a certain direction that you're going to take your life, you're more apt to continue on with that direction than if it cost you nothing. I was just thinking about the, the Promise Keepers movement and how big that got. I mean, it went from one stadium in Colorado to being a, uh, a, a international uh, experience for, for men really all over the world where they were doing these in just huge stadiums, you know, Guys getting together to, to worship together and to hear speakers and, and that kind of thing. And, and there was a cost associated to it. You know, we, we paid an entrance fee to get in. I don't even remember how much it was for, uh, that incredible experience over a weekend, but it was interesting. And I, I think the organizers had, uh, they had, a, a, they had great intentions. They found that there were, there were certain people that couldn't come because of the cost. And instead of, uh, you know, kind of putting out the challenge and say, hey, guys, there are men that can't make it. We want to be able to offer scholarships. Can you give a little bit more so that, that we can offer that to these guys? They actually, and I don't even remember what year this was, but they decided that they were only going to do it by donation. So they were going to make it free. I, we went that year and it just seemed like there were so many less guys that ended up going to Promise Keepers than in years past. And I don't know if this was the reason, but when there's no cost, when there is no sacrifice, then it's really easy to go, eh, 
whatever. I, I don't feel like going. You know, you could be, you could have it in your mind that you're going to be going to this weekend and that morning decide, I'm not going to go. Why? Because it didn't cost you anything. I mean, how many times have we heard stories of college students where, you know, it's kind of been handed to them. They've not had to work for their education and they just, they, they blow it off. They don't really dive into it. Whereas those students where maybe they come from families that they don't have all that much, you know, because they have a personal, um, they're, they're putting skin in the game. They're, they are working to put themselves through college. They end up getting so much more out of their education because of what it costs them. In this past year, one of the one of the life changing things that's happened to me personally, and I, I know I've, I've spoken to you about this before, is that I personally have had um, a, a big challenge with my own eating, my own eating habits, my just how I take care of myself. Um, I find some foods to be very addictive, and you know when I'm down, I tend to eat when I'm down. And so there was a, a young lady, in fact, a, a friend of Christie's who ended up turning us on to this one gym. And at the time I was uh, about 215 pounds and started going to the gym with these young adults, with, uh, with Christy, with Lindsay. And, and, you know, it, it was more than what I usually paid for a gym. In fact, when I, when I heard how much it was going to cost me per month to do this, I was counting the cost. I was like, okay, how much? Is this, you know, because I've gone, I've done Planet Fitness before. 10 bucks a month, that's awesome. But 10 bucks a month also means that there's no real cost to me. There's no real sacrifice to me. But when I have some skin in the game, it's like, well, I, I wanted to be there five and for the most of the year, six mornings um, a week, because then, you know, whatever I'm paying per month, that can, drops considerably when I start to think about what it costs per class. And so when there was a cost associated um, to this goal that I wanted to have, I tended to keep my commitment more because of that cost. I find it interesting that Solomon here is talking about the fact that even in the beginning of gaining some wisdom and some understanding, that having some skin in the game, having it cost you something, having it be a sacrifice, and that sacrifice doesn't have to be finances, but a lot of times that's that's really... Um, where the rubber meets the road for us, but it's a, it's a, it's a time commitment. It's an energy commitment. What, you know, what does it cost you? But though it costs you everything, will you, will you launch into this? Whatever, whatever your, this is, whatever your goal is, whatever your resolution is, maybe it's simply to do as, as Solomon is, is, is saying here that you are going to gain some wisdom and understanding regarding a particular area of your life. And you're going to dive in and do the research. You're going to dive in and do um, the reading so that you know exactly what you need to do to accomplish whatever goal that God has set for you in this next year. Solomon would continue. He says in verses 11 and 12, he says, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. I, I think the reason why I've been able to keep this commitment in terms of my own health for so long, it's because I have instructors and leaders in my life. Uh, we have coaches at F45 that uh, will sometimes check in with us periodically, whether it's via text or email, that kind of thing, just to make sure that we're, we're staying true to our commitments because though they see us working out 
in the gym, they also are encouraging us to, with our workouts in the kitchen, because, you know, you can't, you can't out train poor nutritional habits. And so they've been incredible leaders and instructors. And I think all of us, no matter what goal, no matter what you are thinking about in terms of 2022, it's always good to do, to, to keep that commitment. And it's going to be better for you to be able to keep that commitment when you've got people in your life who are leading you and instructing you or who are doing it with you. I think that's been the other thing. You know, this has been a, a class oriented thing for me. So to go in and to know that there are people who are cheering me on or to be able to do this with Michelle, with Christy and, and for the, for the most part in the summer with Becca as well. But to be able to do something together has been huge. But here's also where it's been very important for me. When I take a look at what we were able to accomplish as a church in 2022, this, there was so much that happened that though, you know, I'm uh, the lead pastor at Hope Church, there were so many people who had something to do with what happened at church, whether it was uh, Tim and Doug rebuilding the soundboard or the, you know, everybody uh, coming together and, and having our 40th uh, anniversary celebration. You know, how many people with their own energy in their own time uh, dove in to make something like that happen. Uh, the renovations that took place in our church over the, over this course, year, this past year. And even the fact that, that Sean, I mean, I've been dreaming about podcasting for years. I have a feeling that Sean Rice has had actually had been dreaming about podcasting for a couple of years, but his dream was more to do it along the lines of, of football. And here two guys get together and, and we get to talk about faith together and, and get to dive in a little bit deeper to the text that we introduce on a Sunday. We can continue that conversation on a Wednesday, but you know, the podcast does not happen if Sean is not there. I didn't have the technological know-how. Sean dove right in. Though it cost him something, he gained some wisdom and some understanding about how to do it. Uh, there are things that that Tim, that Doug, that Julie, uh, you know, Julie and Christy have been working together on uh, the the welcome area of our church, and that we would have a a coffee station with really good coffee, so that when you walk in, it's like. Oh, the aroma of the Lord. Just kidding. Um, but you know, just, just the fact that there have been so many people who have been working together to make something happen. When you think about what you want to accomplish in this next year, please consider the people who are around you that can help you in doing that. Uh, whether, you know, it's a, a goal where you and your wife, your husband, you can do this together, whether it's something that you can do with one of your adult kids or something you can do with a parent or a friend. I was just in a conversation with Becca today about some commitments that she wants to keep. And she's got some girlfriends where they're going to be holding each other accountable to that. But having people who will instruct you and lead you is one thing, but having people who will do this with you as you're being instructed and led is also another thing. To, to be able to do something together will help you to keep the commitments that you want to keep and, and really hold on to those values that you want to hold. And then he says in uh, verses 14 through 15, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your own way. Everybody repeat that after me. Go on your own way. Go 
I can hear you. This is just so key. I just this past week, I was, it was interesting how there were um, different things that were coming together in terms of a commitment that, that I was going to keep. And, you know, I, I'll occasionally have a beer, a glass of wine, but when I, I read an article about dry January and I thought, well, you know, that sounds like an interesting commitment to keep. And so then I even started to think about the different celebrations, whether it's a birthday or having friends over and that kind of thing. And, um, but it's like, no, this is a commitment that I want to keep in January. And then Michelle was like, yeah, I want to keep that commitment too. There was uh, some people who were talking on a, a radio talk show this past week, and they said that when you get into certain situations and you need to decide whether, you know, if it's because um, you have uh, some alcoholism in your background, or maybe it's just simply that you want to do dry January, but that you need to have some answers in place so that when you go to a certain social function and they offer you a beer, they offer you a wine, whatever it might be, and you say, no, that that's okay, I'm... Uh, I'm not drinking now or, you know, just having some kind of answer uh, ready for, you know, at, at, at that time. It could be that, you know, maybe somebody offers you a dessert and you're just trying to make good nutritional decisions for yourself. Whatever it might be, the decision that you need to make is one that you need to keep and you man alive. And this is I'm preaching to the choir here. You can't say that because you're in a certain situation that somebody made you do something. Just because something is offered to you does not mean you have to take a bite of it or take a drink of it. Just because someone encourages you to do something does not mean that you need to do it. If you have made a commitment, if there's a commitment that you're keeping and it's a either a lifetime commitment or if it's a New Year's resolution, whatever it might be, you need to decide to go on your own way. You are creating the path that you are walking on. Maybe it's just simply that you're walking on the path that God has created for you and you need to go on your own way. It, you know, you've got, you've got friends in your life where uh, maybe you've been, um, you're used to a, a certain uh, way of relating a certain way of doing things. And you've just decided, no, I'm not going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue to have these friendships, but there are changes that I want to make in my life. And I'm going to go my own way. I'm going it, to, it's not the whole Frank Sinatra, you know, uh, you know, I did things my way. We want to do things Jesus way, but, but there is a sense that you need to keep a commitment. And when you can keep a commitment with another person, that's even better. Because I, I get amnesia and I'm not, you know, yeah, sometimes I'll forget a name or whatever, but I'm, I'm talking about sometimes I get spiritual amnesia. In certain situations, I forget about the commitments that I want to keep. You know, I'll go to a birthday party and I, instead of eating one piece of pizza or maybe two, Michelle knows that, that I want to have a limit that, you know, if we have a pizza night, that is just a two, two piece per night. And so but I can get amnesia because that pizza is so good, you know, and so I can have four, five, six pieces. So if I can have someone who can come alongside of me, like Michelle, like Christy, like, you know, Becca, Sierra, you know, that they can come alongside of me and say, dad, I know that you're trying to keep a commitment, um, that you're trying to, you know, stay on your own way, you know, all the better. 
that kind of, that's kind of linking these two ideas, these principles about having people in your life that, that are going to help you with your goals, with your resolutions. But just, just to know that you are going to be faced in certain situations and certain contexts where you needed to decide, you know what? This is the way that I'm going to conduct myself. This is the way that I'm going to eat. This is the, the, um, th- this is, these are the actions that I'm going to take. These are the actions that I'm not going to take. There are just certain things in your life that you're going to, you're going to remain committed to and you are going to go on your own way. And then he says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So, man, I have heard this over and over again, and I'm sure you have as well. A lot of times it can be in the context of our faith where there are just certain scriptures, certain verses that we're like, oh, that's so good. And so we'll write them down. Maybe we'll put it on a post-it note and, and put it on our mirrors. Uh, I've, I've walked into people's homes before and, and seen where that, that that's their practice. Other people, they might have that as their uh, screensaver on their computer, or they could have it on their, um, their wallpaper on the, on their phone. You know, they've got those sayings, those verses, those scriptures, those phrases. Uh, I've got a note when it comes to my own health. And there are just certain things that I've co- collected over the past couple of years in terms of the, my own personal commitments about what I want to be about when it comes to my own personal health. Uh, but I've written them down. I, I have them in a note on my phone and periodically. So see, this is where uh, I, I used to do this on a daily basis where I'm like reading through my affirmations. You know, what do I want to be about on a daily basis? Well, I've gotten out of the habit of doing that. So maybe, you know, new year, new me. I, I want to go through those affirmations again. I still have the note, but I just haven't been going through them in, in terms of being committed to that. But Solomon, he says, listen, there are some things, you know, my wisdom, what I am passing on to you, don't let this out of your sight. Make sure that you are reading it and rereading it and and reading it out loud. You know, whether it's those scriptures, whether it's those affirmations, reading it out loud and kind of speaking it into existence. Um, But, you know, as you begin to speak it, that you would begin to live it. Because one of the things that neuroscience has taught us is that we can, and this is why meditating on scripture is so very important. It's why what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two is so very important that, that we transform our, that we can actually transform our lives by, by our thinking. You know, so in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And you know, be no longer conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can actually transform our lives by transforming our thinking. And the way we can transform our thinking is by having these words in plain view. You know, it could be that you've been in the practice of being in the word on a daily basis, but maybe over the past few months could be the past few years where that's not been as much of a practice for you. Maybe you've been getting up and having your tea or having your coffee and you have some quiet moments in the mornings, but it's not really to be in the word. But Solomon here is saying, listen, it's just so vitally important for you to keep my words in front of you. Write them down. Keep them in view. Recite them. 
<clears throat> memorize them, review them so that they become a part of your thinking. And when they become a part of your thinking, they can become a part of your living. Now, what's interesting, <clears throat> and yes, Proverbs uh, 4.23, which we'll get to in a moment, is one of my favorite passages. But there are a lot of times where I have uh, ignored the context of that verse. I find it to be very interesting that verse 22 ends with this. It says, so again, don't let these words out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So these commitments that we keep, you know, the, the, the scriptures that we're into, it's not just about your own spiritual growth. It's your physical growth. It's your mental growth. It's your emotional growth. But he says that keeping these within sight bring health to one's whole body. This is a whole body approach. Someday I think I want to do a series called holiness, but spell it holiness. You get it? You know, because that's, that's the essence of being holy. It's being complete in God. Um, so verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. This is when the, within the context of keeping God's words in plain view and reciting them and reviewing them and memorizing them and having them and, and internalizing them. And then what then begins to happen is that we can then above all else, he's saying, listen, make this a priority, guard your heart. And that word guard doesn't mean to become guarded as if you're not letting anything into your heart. It actually means, it, it's a it's a word that means uh, that someone is, posting watch on a wall or even in a prison area. And so you're, you're, though you may be, you know, as a warden, you may be keeping prisoners, you know, in prison. It's not just that. It's, it's about maintaining and watching and just looking at the atmosphere of what's going on in that place. And so this word to guard your heart to guard the very core of who you are, the very center of your being isn't about keeping things out. Sometimes what you need to do is, is bring some very important things into your heart. They could be people. They could be experiences. It definitely could be God's word, but you are watching, diligently watching the very center of who you are. What's going on in your heart today? What's going on in your soul today? What's going on in your thinking, your mind? What's going on in you emotionally? You know, all of this is wrapped up into who we are. And, I, you know, I, I love um, what Peter Cesaro talks about in terms of being emotionally, emotionally healthy spirituality, because you can't be spiritually mature without and also remain emotionally immature. You know, if you're treating people poorly, that definitely goes against what God says in terms of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, so paying attention, paying very close attention to who we are deep down inside is vitally important. And so when you're thinking about this next year and what you are going to be all about, don't have it just be about the goals that you've got, the tasks that you're going to accomplish. Be thinking about your emotional health. Be thinking about ways in which you need to do some recreation, recreation. You need to recreate yourself. You need to actually have a Sabbath, a, a time where you're resting and you're just being and not always doing. 
you know, that when you're thinking about your goals and what you want to be about in this next year, that it can be about, you know, mental health. It can be how you're growing mentally or how you're growing educationally. You could be 80 years old and you go, you know what? Learn something new. Take a class. Uh, read, read about a new topic, whatever it might be. But just stay fresh. Just to be thinking about who you are deep down inside and paying very close attention to who you are deep down inside. Because, and the reason for it, you know, Solomon says is that, you know, when we, when we keep watch over the very core of who we are, everything we do flows from it. I I think this is what was so key to me in terms of my own, what I was learning about myself in this past year. So Michelle and I were at a, uh, a hotel in um, this past August when I was doing a wedding of a young couple that, that we knew from back in Michigan. And I had, I I was doing some research on self mastery, another way that we, you know, you can call self discipline. Um, But it was this book, Atomic Habits that I ended up getting turned on to, but it was within that book. He said that uh, many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve this leads us to outcome-based habits. The alternative is to, is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. This is why Solomon is talking about the fact that we need to, above all else, guard our hearts or keep watch over our interior lives because it's just so vitally important that what we do comes out of who we are. Uh, in fact, um, one of the things that I, I got out of this is that, um, a, a lot of, t- oh, a lot of times, you know, we think that, okay, I, I need to change what, what I do, my actions, my behaviors, but I, I pay a little attention to the person that I am becoming. And it says that your behaviors are usually re- a reflection of your identity. What you do is an indication of the type of person you believe you are. Again, focusing on your heart because of the impact that it has on your actions, on what you do. Everything you do flows from the very core of who you are, which is why as we launch into this next series, that it's not just about who we are as Hope Church. It really is about who you are as an individual follower of Jesus. What are you going to be all about in this next year? Who are you when it comes to what you are becoming and what God wants you to become in this next year? You know, it's not just about the tasks that God wants you to do. It's about the person that he uh, wants you to become and he's working on uh, to become this person who is fully whole and alive in Jesus Christ. And Solomon, and I'm going to end with this, but he said in, in verse 26, Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Essentially, think before you act. And this could be, you know, the commitments that you want to keep. If it's like, okay, I've got these nutritional habits that I want to keep in this next year. So think before I shop. Think before I eat. Think, you know, but it could be think before you fill in the blank. What is, what is the goal that God wants you to have in this next year? Uh, what, what's that resolution that 
um, you want to be able to start keeping? What's what are ways in which you want to start changing and growing in? Because what we need to do in this next week is to really think about what God really wants for us in this coming year, what he wants for us as an individual, what he wants for us as couples and as families. But then what does he want? What does he want? Not just from us, but also for us as a church, as a group of Jesus followers who are seeking to instill hope in this area. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I know that this has been kind of a different experience, especially since some of you will be uh, listening to this online and you'll just hear my voice. Some of this, some of you will be watching this online and others of you will be in a Sunday morning worship experience and watching your pastor on a video screen, which uh, sounds odd to me, but I've been in worship experiences where that's happened as well. But no matter where you are, my hope and my desire is that if you ever need someone who can come alongside of you to be a life coach, uh, I often think of uh, pastors as being that, of coming alongside of people and not just, you know, when you think of a coach, you think of someone who's coaching someone in a sport. But there are people in our lives that can coach us in life. And no, no matter what you're going through, the, the direction that you're taking this next year, I want to encourage you that, you know, you can reach out to me. Uh, we can we can talk, we can connect via Zoom, we can get together over a coffee or tea or lunch. Uh, no matter what it no matter what it is, if there is ever a sense that you want to get together with me or with someone else in our church, there are three ways in which we're trying to organize as a church and one of those ways is for us to partner to develop faith. Make sure that you've got a partner in life and in faith so that you're not doing this alone because if it's a brand new commitment, it's going to be very easy for you to stop doing that commitment by February 15th. But if you've got a group of people, whether it's a small group, whether it's a partner in life and in faith, uh, you are going to be able to keep the commitments that God wants you to keep and move in the directions that God wants you to move in when you've got people around you who are cheering you on. God bless you. I will see you again soon.